You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. We're going to be South Side regardless. Chicago, come to the South Side. Like Fancy Island. With your South Siders, Shane Reardon and Gabe Ramirez. We're excited. It's going to be a good time. Go White Side. Welcome into another episode of the South Siders podcast with myself, Shane Reardon, and Gabe Ramirez. You can find the show on Twitter at Southsiders670, Instagram, Southsiders670, our Gmail, Southsiders670 at gmail.com. Go ahead and send us some questions, some White Sox-related questions, any kind of questions. We'll get to those at the end of the show, as we will do today. Gabe, the White Sox did what you said they were going to do and took two of three from the Oakland Athletics, although it should have been an easy sweep. Um, I said it would be a sweep. You said it would be uh, two of three. Um, Yesterday was something that I'm still kind of pissed off about. You've got this independent league pitcher and this fucking older kid that was pitching for the Windy City Thunderbolts like a year and a half ago, and the most you can get is three runs off of him. I was pissed. Yeah, it, it was it was frustrating in the beginning because you're like, damn, it seems like Sox. Always, doesn't it feel like that always happens, though? Sox face some pitcher that, you know, comes from obscurity and then handles yeah. them in the beginning. It's like it's been happening for decades, though. It's like not even anything that's yeah. brand new. But they can so- never hit guys who are shit. They just <laughs> like, can't. Like what's what's going on here? And then it's like a little bit of movement, but it was good to see that you know second time through the rotation or through the lineup. That's when they started pegging them and you know really doing some damage. So at least at least they they adjusted. Just a little too late for me. Let's start with Friday night, and I, I'm not taking much from Friday night outside of Tim Anderson's altercation with the home plate umpire. But the the, the biggest thing I'm taking from that situation, I went back and watched it a bunch of times from the time that the strikeout call happened Mm -hmm. and the contact was made with Tim Anderson from Tim Anderson's helmet bill to the hat bill of the home plate umpire. That was 16 seconds. It took Mm. him 16 seconds to get legitimately angry. And it took Tony La Russa 30 fucking seconds to get from the dugout (laughs) to somewhat in between TA and who was it? Brian Nora, Brian Nora. I can't remember who the ump was. Um, It took him 30 seconds, either him or Miguel Cairo. Get somebody out there to separate TA and the home plate umpire, and it took them thirty seconds. Yeah, that part was frustrating because you you want you want your manager to be equally as upset from the beginning, right? Like if it's a bad call, you want him to be like, "Yo, what the fuck?" 
while Tim Anderson is saying, what the fuck, right? So the fact that it took him that long, obviously he didn't side with that or he wasn't interested in arguing balls or strikes. I talked to Bruce Levine and he said something that was very interesting. He said, you know, your, your leader needs to be on the field. And in that instance where T.A. obviously was upset, he put the blame on Tony as well. He said, Tony should have got his ass out there and you see your guy upset. You got to take the heat. If, if need be, you need to get ejected. Like that needs to be on you and you need to take over for Tim in that moment. So he, he was equally frustrated and you never really see Tim get worked up like that. Right. What did you no, think about like him getting hitting him getting that turned up? I mean, I, I thought it was pretty justified. The strike zone was absolutely brutal on Friday night. It was of course bad for both teams, but it was a really, really bad strike zone specifically on pitches outside to right-handed hitters. So I don't really blame TA for getting as mad as he did. I blame him for not being able to understand that if you get even anywhere close enough and make contact with an umpire, major league baseball is going to come down on you. Those that's one of those things that no matter what major league baseball will punish you for making any sort of contact with an umpire. TA's already seen it in that, that skirmish with whoever the hell it was to, to end last season. He pushed an umpire away d- during a fight because he thought it was a player. And then we saw him miss the first three games of, of this season. <laughs> so he's it. got experience with it. Yeah. You've got to grow up a little bit and understand that in the moment you can be angry, but there's a line you cannot cross. Yeah. That being said, like we've said, any other manager in Major League Baseball would have been out there to make sure that T.A. didn't get too close to the home plate umpire. So and quickly. when he's 77 years old, then your bench coach has to be the one to right. do it. Or Joe McEwing's got to sprint out yeah. from third base or Daryl Boston from first Anyone. Base. Somebody has to – anyone. Anyone. E- even whoever – it was uh, Moncada on deck. Even Moncada's yeah. got to come over yeah. and separate him a little bit. Yeah. That's, it's just the – it's the laziness and it's the lack of discipline that this team has shown all year. And it just, it came to fruition again on Friday night, coming up on a stretch where the White Sox could very, very much use Tim Anderson. But I, I bet we don't see him tonight. It was a three game suspension. He appealed. Um, and I bet he's got, I bet it'll come down to one game and we don't see him tonight or whenever it is tomorrow against the. Rangers. I hope it's one game. That'd be it, cool. It, it will be. But, but you know what? He's a repeat offender. So maybe they do keep it at three games and denies appeal. That's a good one. I don't know, man. Well, e- either way, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see who the Sox put in that that leadoff spot. I mean, you know, obviously moving moving the lineup around. I feel like it's been working well as of late. You saw, you know, Vaughn get thrown into the two-hole yesterday. But shout-out Davis Martin for coming in after Lance Lynn on that game on Friday. We got to give him some he was love. good. Pitching three and a third is not easy. You know what I mean? Yeah, we he was ta- good. We've been talking about who can fill that void in the event there's some shuffling in, in, in the bullpen, but you know, there's guys like that that can't do it. So I just wanted to show him a little bit of love. What'd you think about Lance Lynn on that Friday on, on that Friday? Well, well, speaking of Davis Martin and innings eaters and the deadline, it, when we do talk about the deadline in about 10, 15 minutes, I do have a starting pitching candidate that can eat Ooh. innings in the bullpen that I will throw by you that, that I think okay. makes a ton of sense. Like um, re- repeat your question one more time. I'm sorry. Just, just thoughts on that. You know, obviously I think a big part of this weekend series was, you know, Lynn and Cueto. So I was just curious what your thoughts were on, on Lynn and what, what he did on Friday. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Lynn, is leaving the ball up way too much. And I, I don't know what the issue is, but he's not getting the break on his on his breaking balls like he used to, and he's just leaving the ball up. Two of those homers are just fucking cookies middle yeah. up. It, it just – something's going on, and I'm not sure what it is, but I have all the faith in Lance Lynn to correct that. I know his spin rates are down, and um, he is walking more guys than he's used to. We always know that, that Lance Lynn, is he pitches to contact, so I've got no problem with that, but he usually gets weak contact. And this weekend, I don't know if it was just some kind of anomaly, uh, but the ball was flying. And it was really only flying for 
the A's. I mean, the White Sox had a cu- couple nice home runs. Uh, Eloy Jimenez looked good going Apo the other day. The one from Gavin Sheets, like the Gavin Sheets' monthly home run. Yeah, yeah it's makes like, you fall in love with him. Oh my god, dude! It's that beautiful sweeping <laughs> left-handed so nice. power swing that just shoots the ball into the air so right. goddamn high, and you're just like, yes, do do that. Yeah. Just do that more. The way he was staring at the ball, too, I was like, yes. Don't you want to be swaggy more often? Like, you got to hit more homers to do that, though. You can't yeah. have six homers on the year and stare at your beautiful swing and, and, and crushing it like that. I did like Eloy's, too. Because for me, like, Eloy, dude, he just – it's like Robert, but it, it almost looks like with less effort. Where when he makes contact, it looks like that's going to be a pop fly in the right field or something. And it is a bomb. I was like, yeah, he's full he of has power. some, he's full of power. And I love that. And I love that he's gone back into the lineup. I love guys that are just putting a little bit more, I don't know, umph in the, in the swings just because Sox need the long ball, dude. Like if, if Lynn does pitch like that, like he did on Friday and he does give up, you know, three runs or whatever, the Sox got to be able to win six, seven to three. And like, you've got to be able to do that. But the only way you're going to do that is if you're going to be hitting home runs. And, and, and what I, I like, you, you got guys like I hate to, I want to bring them up, gosh, I'm love, like Lori, who can get you a base hit, who can get on base. And then you need someone to just hit the big, the, hit the big one, man, to just break the game wide open. And just yeah, like when, 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 the, when, the, when, the, when, when the Sox were down 2 0 on Saturday, you were like fearful and like, damn, man, like who's gonna, how are we gonna get these runs? That, that shouldn't be the case. We got guys that can hit homers on the team, like, so we shouldn't be thinking about how are we gonna manufacture this. And, and, and real quick on Gavin Sheets, the problem with him now is too, I think 17 of his 20 homers are at home. So mm-hmm. you, you're not going to get any offensive production in that way out of power from Gavin Sheets on the road. It, it, keep talking about home and road splits. Dylan Cease has like a sub 0.7 ERA at home or, or during day games. So like it, 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 if I'm Tony La Russa, I'm manipulating my starting rotation for the rest of the season. So Dylan Cease only pitches day games. Yes. Like that, it's, it's not a crutch. You have five starting pitchers. You can manipulate it so he only pitches right. day games. Um, but talking about Larry, yes, Larry can do those kinds of things. But Larry would be so much more successful and so much less hated by the fan base if he wasn't asked to do it all the time. Sure. So Larry, Larry can't be an everyday player. He, he's going to come out of this this series playing like. 130, 135 games or something like that. Larry Garcia should be playing in like 70, 75, maybe 80 total games. Right. Helping that's you on the spurts. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, that's, we've talked about it all season. That's the problem with this team. They just don't have the positional versatility and the depth. They just have 15 guys who could play first base in DH. <laughs> and it, and it, it, coming up on a deadline where there are a lot of guys out there available who are left-handed power bats that unfortunately only play first base in DH. That's yeah. a problem when you're building this team that you weren't ready for something like that. I would love, love to see the White Sox be able to acquire Josh Bell, power hitter playing for the Nationals right now. Guy is hitting the shit out of the ball, but he's only an emergency corner outfielder, and he's yeah. a left-handed power bat. It would be the perfect time if Yasmani Grandal could catch every single day, Abreu could play first base every single day, and Eloy could play left field every single day, then boom. You've got your yeah. left-handed DH power bat and Josh Bell and Andrew Vaughn could be in right field every single day. You don't have to have the Kevin Sheets. That's the frustrating part for me right now. Yeah. I, when you look at that too, you know, you're talking about Yasmani Grandal. I, I, I was more upset that he was out of the lineup yesterday than Moncada. You know, Moncada has been playing well, give him some rest. Sure. I get it. 
But like Yasmani, like we need to get you back in. You know what I mean? We need to get you in that that rotation because that's a desired bat in that lineup. And that on base percentage, we're trying to work it back in in the swing of things. So I feel like he needs to get more in the swing than Mankata does. But you're right. It's like you can't you can't wait. I, I, I wonder whose decision that is. Like, is that a is that a Tony decision or is that a Yasmani decision? Where Yasmani's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm a veteran. I'm sitting out. You know, I'll well, be fine to play. The, the Grandal thing, I think, is pretty similar to what we saw in Colorado, where you, Yasmani is not going to catch two days in a row the majority of the time, and he's especially not going to catch two days in a row when it's a night game and then a day game. And then you had to give Jose Abreu a day off from first base yesterday, so he had to DH, and Andrew Vaughn had to play first base. So I think that's more so what the Yasmani Grandal thing is, but it's still so frustrating that you've built a team full of guys that can't play two, three days in a row. Right. Yeah, right. And it's and it's happening more often than we would like. But it's like you said, you got you got to have the mindset of Jose Abreu, man. You got to be a dog. You want to be in there every day, playing your little heart out. And, and and he's been killing as of late. I love I love what he's doing right now because a couple of guys like that, like Josh Harrison too. I mean, I don't know, man. I I I feel like I can smell the run coming. I can smell I can smell some sort of not 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 a crazy win streak, but one where it's like you know. You've won seven out of your last eight. You know, you just lost in the middle somewhere. You know, I I feel like that's there. I'm glad they won the the these last two against Oakland. They should have. And uh so now who is it? Kansas City, right? So hey. yeah, so this is technically where your stretch where you can win seven out of your next nine if you want. You have yeah. two really bad baseball teams in the Kansas City Royals and the Texas Rangers. You got three against Kansas City an off day, three against Texas, and then three against Kansas City again. This is the stretch right here. This is and I, how many times have we said that? How many times have we said, "Hey, the White Sox have this this nineteen game stretch." We're just so work out. We're, we're so limber right now from all the stretches that we're, uh, we're, God, we're, but, we're ready. Yeah, for that, that's another conversation. Um, <laughs> but this is it right now. Where if you want to show that you're legit, th- th- this is it right now. These next nine games, if you want to be serious, go ahead and take eight of them. Yeah, take eight of the games, eight of the nine. You know what? Nobody's been talking about Kopech a lot uh, lately either. I mean, it has been a lot of focus on, of course, Lynn Cueto and Giolito. Everybody knows what's going on with Dylan Cease, who, by the way, shout out my bet for betting him at 15 to 1 to yeah. win the Cy Young. I told you to put money on it. Yeah, I, I told you on this podcast, put money what's on it. What's that now? Dude, it's 7 to 1. Ooh. Oh. 7 to 1 right now. And only McLan and uh, Verlander Shane ahead McClanahan. of him. Yeah, McLan and, and Verlander are ahead of him. Um, but yeah, it might oh, be Verlander just because he has the the name already, and they're probably going to win the World Series. So that wouldn't right. surprise me. But man, but if he keeps pitching lights out, else right now, I it's know all, it's all about the narrative, man. It's all about the narrative, and we and we we knew what was happening with Dylan Cease. We just didn't know if it was sustainable. And yeah. the fact that he's continued to do it every single start, you're like, oh, wait a second. I know we said he was 15 to one or that he had no chance because of other guys were ahead of him, but the way he's pitching is dominant on a different level. Like it's like a different level of dominance. They were minus 300 yesterday, the Chicago White Sox to win. Dude, to get minus 300, to get minus 300, you know, like half your lineup has to be out and you got to like, that's almost like a guaranteed win right there. And so that was insane to see the Sox at minus 300 with with Dylan on the bump, but people aren't talking about Kopech enough. I, I, I think that he needs to step up his game. In, in the last couple in the last month or two, just because he's, you know, he's been giving up a lot of runs. I mean, his last outing against Colorado, that was, that was his best start in like seven starts. So, you know, if he can, if he can duplicate that, you know, he had a good beginning of the year, but the, you know, 
strikeouts aren't up. You know, you should be in the six, seven range. Don't you think, Shane? When you're talking about Michael Kopech, even in five innings. Lynn had eight yeah, I, in, five, in five. I I think the knee is still bothering him a little bit. It's his it's his push-off knee. So I think that's probably still bothering him. Um I think tonight is a very important start. Uh, he's had a ton of rest. So I, I think that Kopech will likely turn around. And, and as long as you can get him five, like I know this bullpen is struggling a little bit right now, especially with Ronaldo Lopez out. But I just yeah. need Kopech to give me five tonight, five innings with six or seven strikeouts, and I'm going to feel a lot better. But it's more so the velocity I'm worried about, not necessarily the the, the strikeouts or the amount of innings pitched because he's now at a point where he's been pitching longer or coming up on pitching longer than he has in any season yeah. of his major league career. So durability is is the key for Michael Kopech here if you want this starting rotation to be good enough to get you uh, I- I- into the playoffs. Yeah, and I hope he does, man. I mean, that to me right now, after that series against the A's, Shane, like that's what I'm thinking about. I'm like, okay, we saw Cueto Lynn cease, you know, a- a- after all of that. Off the drama, all the all star. Like now, okay, well, now I want to see what what Kopech and, and Giolito do on this against Kansas City Royals, against the team that is inferior that we should be beating. Like, are you gonna go in and handle business? That's because that's the that's the that's where I feel like the Sox need to be. They need to be in handle business mode, and, yeah, and that it, starts it, with the starting pitch. I'm glad that they did take two or three from Oakland, but it wasn't enough. Like, it didn't even need to be a sweep. You can lose one game, whatever. If you go two out of three in every series from here on out, you'll win the division. But it wasn't enough. I needed more separation. I needed seven, eight, nine, ten yeah. runs a game. That is a very bad Oakland Athletics pitching staff. The offense is good, and they are they came into the series as one of the hotter teams in baseball. They came in off sweeping the Astros. But the fact that they couldn't put up seven, eight, nine, ten runs against that pitching staff is my worry. Yeah, like you shouldn't it, be relying on a two-run homer from Gavin freaking Sheets to oh tie the God. ball game yeah. on a beautiful, warm Saturday afternoon in a ballpark where the baseball does fly over the fence. And the guys are supposed to be playing better in, in the warm weather, so that's that's what's supposed to be happening, right? And yeah, you can't blame it on Luis Robert, right? You can't yeah. blame it on him. It, it's it sucks. You got to got to put three hits together, man. We've seen a lot of twos, a lot of twos, but not a lot of threes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Do we get to talk about your starting pitcher uh, suggestion yet or not? Yeah, so I've, I've brought this. I've got a couple suggestions for the White Sox to okay. trade for at the deadline, and I've brought this name up a couple times, and it's not going to blow anybody away, uh, but he can be somebody who will eat two, three innings, who can get you a spot start, who can be an opener if you need be, and that's Jose Quintana. Just okay. He's not going to require anything. He's going to cost less than $400,000 for the remainder of the season. Just get Jose Quintana back on the south side and let him be that spot starter or fill in for Ronaldo Lopez if the back is going to be a bigger problem right. than you think it is. Yeah. Jose Quintana is number one for me. The number two and three, I'm going back to the Cubs like they did last year and made two deals. I'm getting David Robertson and Ian Happ. I'm tired of... <laughs> The, the the left field bullshit and the right field bullshit and the Gavin Sheets can only hit when the sun is is in the third quarter and and it's it's 47 <laughs> degrees over what Celsius whatever I'm tired of that shit Ian Happ can play 
all three outfield positions. He can play first base, second base, third base. He can switch hit and he's stronger from the left side. Ian Happ is the answer for the White Sox to solidify an American League Central uh, title. And David Robertson has a sub two ERA. Um, he's got a 150 batting average against. He's coming off the Tommy John, but he's been fucking awesome. Go ahead and have the reunion of David Robertson on the <laughs> south side. It shouldn't take Colson Montgomery. It shouldn't take Yoki Cespedes. It shouldn't take Oscar Colos. It might take third baseman Wes Kath. It might take Norge Vera, but it shouldn't blow away your already depleted farm system. I would love for the White Sox come Wednesday to have Jose Quintana, David Robertson, and Ian Happ back on the roster. That's a that's obviously you're 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 checking off all the boxes when you're talking about those three. I think you know Ian Happ is just so intriguing, right? I mean, he, when you look at what he's done and, and what he what holes he can fill and the level of consistency he could bring, it does kind of suck to be like, yeah, we want Ian Happ, but I just feel like the Cubs are just going to be so hesitant to make a deal with the White Sox, especially if we're not giving up a ton. I uh, like Robertson. Where where do you see Roberts? Uh, do you have him ahead of Graveman pitching the eighth? Do you have him in the seventh? No, it, I, I have him ahead of Joe Kelly right now. Okay, so you yeah, got it, it, Hendricks. Graveman, and then Robertson, and then Kelly just being an arm that can pitch if you need him. Yeah, I mean, it, it's situational. Like, they're all going to pitch, but I don't have a whole lot of faith in Joe Kelly right now. The 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 biceps issue with his his nerves and his pitching arm is, is obviously still bothering him. He had a very hard time yesterday throwing strikes. A very yeah. hard time throwing strikes. And yesterday, you got your bullpen set up exactly how you wanted it to be set up when you went and spent all that money. You went from the starting pitcher in Dylan Cease to Joe Kelly to Kendall Graveman to Liam Hendricks. Yeah. And Graveman and Hendricks look good yesterday. Yeah. So the missing piece right now is Joe Kelly coming back to returning to form and being who the White Sox thought he would be when they acquired him. He had some good movement uh, on some of his pitches. I mean, yeah. that, that strikeout up and in. Um, but you're right. I mean, you got to still be able to find the strike zone when you're throwing that breaking pitch, right? Because you know how, how instrumental that is to just the rest of the at-bat. And so if he can do that and remain consistent, yeah, that's what you want. You want a Kelly Graveman, Liam Hendricks. It looks beautiful. You know, when you go look at the, the stat, a, bo a box score and you see Cease, <laughs> Kelly Graveman, and Liam Hendricks, and you see a nice little W next to your name, you're like, yeah, that should be a bit more uh, consistent. They should be able to do that a little more consistently. I like that. I like I like the Quintana thing because he does – would you say – like if, if it was a, a matter of – not that we gave up Cueto to the Pittsburgh, but let's say if – and we want to give Cueto up to the to the Cubs. I was trying to think. They're, if, they're not going to trade Johnny Cueto to anybody. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm more so saying you're bringing in a starting pitcher, and I'm thinking about what kind of assets they're going to have to give up, right? And it's like, you, you, and who you would want to give up, who you feel like is, is, is you can part ways with. It's got to no, be like, more than it's got to be more than Vera, and and, and it's got it's going to be it's going to be a lot. I think we're I think the Cubs I think the Sox are going to end up giving a lot. That's what I'm trying to prepare the fans for. Is no. that like we're going to part ways with some prospects. Because not, we want not, for, not for Jose Quintana. Like if you're talking specifically about Jose Quintana, that's not going to take anything. Not, not, like not Jose for, Quintana. Is, I mean, there's still a couple of teams that that want his services. It's not like he's just out there dangling, and then you know what I'm saying the White Sox is just going to yeah, come and be able to grab him. It's it's not going to take even like a top twenty, top twenty five, top thirty level prospect for Jose right. Quintana. No, man. Um, I, I hope not. For, I, go ahead. For for Ian Happ, maybe, and like if I could throw away everything and and, and only acquire one legitimately acquirable player not a pipe dream not a not a Juan Soto nothing like yeah. that if I could acquire one legitimately acquirable player that's Ian Happ so I would give up a Yoki Cespedes for Ian Happ I would give up a Norgay Vera for Ian Happ I, I would 
I would do that, but it's not going to take like Colson Montgomery, who's the top prospect in their right, system. No way. And in who a lot of people in the game are like comping to Corey Seager. It's not going to take that, but a top 10 prospect for Ian Happ. Sure. And if I can't right. get David Robertson in that deal too, then, then I won't. Yeah, that'll be, I mean, listen, that's nasty. I love it. Very. If I wake up, <laughs> to, what is it tomorrow or Wednesday, if I make up, wake up Wednesday and that's the, that's the case. That would be fantastic news. I just want him to win, Shane. I just want him to who win. Do you, who do you want at the deadline? Do you, do you got any na- any names you've been looking at? Listen, what I love, Carlos Rodon to come back, Rodon to come back uh, for the Chicago White Sox. If, if they're sellers and we got to give up, you know, a, a really good guy. Yeah, I would love to see that happen. I would love to see him come back to Chicago. But that's like more pipe dreamish, you know what I mean? And I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I guess I just don't want to get my hopes up. Remember, we talked about this. We gave grades in the last one. I gave a C. I, didn't, I don't think they're going to do anything that's going to make me happy or make me feel like they're in a better position to to win the division. I feel like they're just going to make some mediocre ass moves and put it on the uh, uh, put it on the team that they have right now to step up and play better, to put it on Joe Kelly to pitch better, to put it on, you know, Makata, Guzmani Grandal, Luis Robert to come back, like those guys like that to just be better. Josh Harrison to continue being hot. If Rick Hahn's going to say that Gavin Sheets is still playing well as of late, it's like he's thinking that that's still a possibility and that he made the right decision, right? They love their guys. But like I said, man, I just, I just want him to win, Shane. I want him to win, man. Get to the playoffs. Give me some playoff baseball, man. That's all I want. Yeah, I feel you, man. It's, it's so uh, fun. It, it, it is fun. <laughs> Dude, it's a and lot Shane of gets to make some money off his tickets, man. Yeah, Would you exactly. go? Are you going to those games or are you selling them? Oh, no, of course. If I can, if I can, if they're in the playoffs and I can be there, I'm going to be there. Okay. Um, if, if it's like a game one at home, maybe I don't go to game one and sell game right. one and hope there's a game two, that kind of thing, as long as yeah. that, as long as they didn't lose, as long as they didn't go 0 and 2 in the, in the first two games of that DS, right. then yeah, I'd probably sell game one. Um, but, I, yeah, I, obviously. I, I I missed the only win they had last year because I was in Vegas for work <laughs> for Circa, but I got to game two and they got eliminated. Um, yeah, I would I would love to yeah. experience a playoff win. Yeah, that's that's a no brainer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So tonight, White Sox open a three-game series against the Kansas City Royals and hope to God that T.A. is not serving his uh, serving the first game of his suspension tonight because it's Brad Keller. And T.A. absolutely crushes Brad Keller, and he pimps home runs off of Brad Keller, and Brad Keller hates the White Sox, and the White Sox hate Brad Keller. So I hope to God that T.A. is in the lineup tonight against the Kansas City Royals. Same. I hope that we just crushed him. I hope we get those nine runs that we were talking about. Should this should be the case? This should be the game. We put we put a couple crooked numbers on the board. Yeah, and you know what? This is a series where where the the Royals could be trading away some of their their best players. They already traded away Benintendi. You might see Bobby Witt Jr. go. Like I doubt it, but you yeah. could see Bobby Witt Jr. go. You might see, um, uh, fucking. Uh, you're not going to see Salvi Perez go. Like he's not going anywhere. He's just going to retire right. a Royal, but. You could God, what the hell is a motherfucker's name? 
From the Royals? Who are you talking about? Yeah. Whit, Whit Merrifield? My second baseman? Yeah, guy? yeah, yeah. You, you might see Whit Merrifield, yeah. Merrifield go, even though he's had a horrible year this year. Um, yeah. th- this uh, I've said it 10 times so far, but I'll continue saying it. These should be three games that the White Sox win no contest. I mean, come on. They don't even want to be there. Other teams, at least have you, like we've mentioned before, use the White Sox as a measuring stick. This team doesn't even care. They're ready for their offseason. They're ready to be traded. They're ready to see what the team's going to look like post-trade deadline. So, I mean, this is three games that are just manageable. Like, you, if, I know we said, we've been saying that for the last couple of series, but, geez, at home, too, you should be feeling good. I don't know, Shane. Sweet. Are you, you go going to watch any of the games this week? No, 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 no. I got it. No. I got it. Okay. Maybe you know what yeah. Wednesday? Wednesday? You going to the Wednesday game? Uh, oh, you gotta work. No, I gotta work. I don't work. think so. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna go to I'm Wednesday. Maybe I'll um, take you. Maybe I'll take your tickets to Wednesday's game. Let me see and if go, I have my tickets to Wednesday's game. And go tailgate. I love. I love day games. That's my jam. You I love tailgated, day games? Okay. Dude, I tailgated at the uh, Chicago Fire on Saturday. I pulled. Yeah, out how play, was that, dude? I pulled out a playpen. <laughs> I was like. I you like, what? I pulled out oh, a playpen for the girls, dude. I was like, "You guys are going to be sitting in this thing while Papi and Mommy <laughs> are drinking and eating." It was, it was hilarious. That's funny. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I can I can give you my tickets to Wednesday. Yeah, if you want to go, let me know. Yeah. All right, maybe. Yeah, yeah I think know. I think I might do it. Ooh, okay, Shane. Now we're talking right now. I'll take. There you go. Hands. If you like what you're hearing. <laughs> no, just uh, next time I ask you to fill in last minute when Danny or Speaks are sick, you just have to say yes. Yeah, and show up at one. Okay, damn. <laughs> yeah, not one forty-five. Yeah. If you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to the Southsider Six Seventy Podcast feed. And before we get into our fan emails, remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Gabe, you got the emails pulled up there, or, or Tyler? Do you have them? I think Tyler's got some Voice of God status right here. Let's hear the first one. All right, yeah, guys, I got them pulled up right here. There he is. There I am. Make my appearance. (laughs) Uh, So most of these are directed to both of you guys, but we got some personal ones. So starting off real simple, what made you guys become White Sox fans? You want to go first, Gabe? I hate the Cubs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But we just always went. My dad had season tickets through work uh, when I, you know, all growing up. And my mom grew up a Cub fan. My dad grew up a Sox fan. It just made more sense to go with my dad than it did my mom. I like the black and white a lot better than the blue and red. Yeah. All righty. Uh, next one we got is for both of you guys. If the Sox pull off winning the World Series this year, Shane, would you shave your beard? And Gabe, no. would you grow out your beard? Let me no. tell you something. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. I, I wouldn't even Tyler. I wouldn't even shave it if I was told ahead of time, "Hey, you could guarantee a White Sox World Series if yes, you, you shave would. your beard." No, of I course wouldn't. you would. No, I wouldn't. You would. Of course you would. No, I wouldn't. Saying, "Of course no. you would shave your beard if no, you, I, if it guaranteed a White Sox World Series." No, yes, I would, you would. not. That's foolish. Yes, you would. I don't care if it's foolish. My insecurities are so high. This is the only <laughs> thing holding me together. No, no way, dude. That's that's an, a ridiculous statement. I, along with a, a, te- a, a friggin' slew of fucking fan, Sox fans, will hold your ass down. And shave no. Beard. Dude, absolutely me? not. Yeah, absolutely no crazy, dude. Get the beard for the White Sox <laughs> win. Are you kidding me? No. All right. Between the two of you, who's the better softball player for the Odyssey softball team? Depends. Yes. If I was, the, if you were to ask me when I was Shane's age, then it'd be me. But, yeah. you know, like, I don't know if Gabe could play the infield 
just because of his, his, his age. <laughs> Dude, listen, I, Papa, how many errors did you have? I told you, I played behind you, so maybe I noticed it more than everybody else. Uh, I had one in our last game. Yeah, yeah. I, I had one, oh. one ball hit off my hands in our last game. I had two in the one before that. Oh, the one before that. Okay. Yeah. I did so. see the replay of that catch you, you had. Of course exactly. You that was, exactly, Tyler. That was I'm, nice. I'm, I'm putting I my say. life on the line, <laughs> diving up against fences to catch foul balls, and Gabe is just picnicking out there in left field. Hawk Harrelson, right at him. I'll never forget when Hawk Harrelson said about Torrey Hunter, and um, he was saying how Torrey Hunter makes all his catches look spectacular because he has bad reads on him. He said, he said, I, I, who, man, I can't, who was our, our center fielder the year we won the world series? White dude, goatee glasses, Aaron Rowan. Aaron Rowan. He was saying how Aaron Rowan will never make the all-star team or get a gold glove because he makes everything look easy because he has always has great reads always underneath it. So that's how I feel like you and I, you're Torrey Hunter. I'm Aaron Rowan. And I just I just got good reads, bro. So okay. like I said, yeah. When I was thirty, <laughs> pull up All the right. tape. Pull up the yeah, tape. Probably. All right, and then Shane, this one's directed towards you. What got you into cooking? Uh, I wanted to pick up chicks, <laughs> and it's it's well, that's what uh, you got a, Willie for. Yeah, it's it's both. <laughs> sometimes you need more than one thing, Tyler. <laughs> sometimes you you don't have enough going for you. You got to have extra things. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it that was definitely part of it. It's it's a lot easier to uh, keep a woman if you can cook for her. Um, as as you can see, I'm incredibly single, so maybe no. Yeah, I just it's therapeutic for me. Like I've said it a couple times lately. I, I don't really watch a ton of sports. Like I watch the White Sox and I pay attention to baseball, but I don't really give a fuck about sports. And I'm a sports radio producer, so yeah. when I'm not working and when I get home, I need to detach and unwind a little bit. So I just I try out new re- recipes and I watch a lot of cooking television. Just turn on some music as opposed to sports like I'll, I'll have the socks or the cubs on in the background but i mute it and i i just i, I watch and then i watch the condensed game of the cubs the, the next day um what's your what's your but, favorite cooking show uh probably master chef i think master chef okay. is number one for me yeah I, i'm a big big gordon ramsay guy so anything he puts out there i think is number one for me yeah I, that's a good one i i somehow for some way always find myself watching diners drive-ins and dives that's a good just, one too, man. Dude, it's like so much food from everywhere, but you see how they're cooking it. You see what spices they're using. Yeah. So I feel like it's just through osmosis, you're picking up some of those gems. Yeah, it's a fun one. You I love seeing the difference of Gordon Ramsay with kids and then adults. Like yeah. He's, he's such a nice soul person with the kids. Yeah. And then with the adults, he's just an ass. He's yeah. got this uh, little like web series that he does in his own kitchen or used to do in his own kitchen at home when his kids were super young and to see him interact with his children compared to like Master Chef or Hell's Kitchen or Kitchen Nightmares or anything like that. Different person. That's what's up, man. Appreciate the emails, Tyler. Appreciate the emails, brother. Thanks for uh, shooting those out on the Absolutely. And hopefully we'll get some more coming around. Yeah, that would be nice to prove we have three people listening to the show at least. I got to tell my mom to email in more often. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got to. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, so you have a what do you have in this this series against the Royals before we talk to the people again on Thursday or Friday? Yeah. You know, I. Yeah, I think it's, I'm, I'm going with a sweep. I'm going okay. with a sweep. I don't think this team, the Royals, is is set up to really care. And I think the White Sox genuinely do. And, and that starts with the pitching, which we've mentioned. And I feel like the bats will come alive with some infer- against some bums on the mound. 
And so I do think there's going to be some some wins that are going to build some confidence in the White Sox. Okay, I uh, I'll go with you. I'll ride with you on that one, and uh, maybe I'll even bet them all three games and Ooh. see what happens. White Sox sweep over the Royals. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Southsider 670 podcast for myself, Shane Reardon, and Gabe Ramirez. We hope you continue to listen, review, subscribe, share with your friends, share with your mom, share with your dad, uh, share with anybody who you think would appreciate uh, people talking about the White Sox. We'll talk to you later.